Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you with Constance Victoria Briggs. We're talking about her latest work called the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. And let's finish up, uh, Constance, about your Ingo Swan, the remote viewer story about some right. of the things he saw. He saw like uh, humanoids or humans or ETs. What did he see there? Right. So he called them uh, moon dwellers. <clears throat> they were uh, humanoid. He said that they could uh, they could breathe on the moon. Um, he saw them working on the moon. They were digging. Um, he saw building structures, factories, roads. Um, he saw workers there uh, that appeared to be robotic-like, um, and he said that they were putting together what uh, seemed to be a laser mechanism. Um, but anyway, during the session, these extraterrestrials saw him somehow, or they, they sensed his presence mm-hmm. after him. And he was scared. He, he stopped the session, and, and theoretically he left the moon. Um, some of these beings uh, followed him back to Earth, and he hid himself for weeks um, from them. So, yeah, they knew he was there. Um, That's amazing. And, uh, but he saw something, and given the fact that he had first, I, like I said, saw the ring of, of Jupiter, gives Ingo some credence as to, you know, whether or not he really saw something up there. All right, kind of a far-out theory, but there are some who actually believe that the moon is artificial and was towed into place. What do you think of that? Yeah, so uh, the spaceship moon theory, honestly, is, is, I think, my favorite moon theory, my favorite moon thing. Um, And interestingly enough, it is the, with all the... the, uh, mystery surrounding our moon and all of the things that goes on with it that we cannot explain, the spaceship moon theory is the one thing that kind of makes sense and kind of ties it all together. Hmm. So um, I'll give you some background on it. Okay. Uh, So there were two Russian scientists uh, uh, in, in, the, in the 70s, 1979, they wrote an article that was published in uh, Sputnik magazine, a uh, Sputnik journal, and they had looked at the NASA data from the Apollo missions, um, and they, they agreed uh, that the moon was hollow, possibly hollow, because NASA had... Um, you know, indicated so when they crashed the uh, lunar rover into <laughs> into the moon, and we all know the famous saying: "The moon rang like a bell." That's right. It's hollow. It so tinged. Sorry. Right. It had that tinging sound. Yeah, the ring, you know, the ringing sound. Yeah, yeah. They looked at that. They looked at the fact that you know the moon is only it seems to only be two and a half miles thick when a a, a meteor hits it, no matter how heavy. You know, it's, it doesn't um, indent any differently, no matter how, how large or small a meteorite is, you get the same uh, measurement of the impact. Um, they looked at the, uh, the dust, what is made up primarily of uh, chromium, titanium, zirconium, and they deduced that these are very tough and strong elements and if someone were going to create 
um, an artificial ship or a thing or a satellite, that would be, those would be the elements that they would put on it because they can resist the effects of temperature and radiation and meteor bombardment. bombardment. So uh, anyway, they looked at all of these things and they concluded that the moon is artificial and perhaps a spaceship. Uh, um, I'm going to read you, if you don't mind, I'm going to read you a little quote that I have from these guys. I really like it. Sure, I'd like to hear it. Go ahead. Uh, um, The two Russians said, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship, the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for repair work, navigation instruments, observation equipment, and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable it to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization envisaging a prolonged, perhaps thousands of millions of years existence and long wanderings through space. Wow. Yeah. Pretty big craft, though, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, huge. Maybe you know, if if it's going to have some sort of civilization in there that's going on for thousands of years, who knows? I mean, we can't even begin to imagine uh, what the thought would process that would go into such a thing. But interestingly enough, um, this is why I I, I kind of think uh, that our existence really does tie into the whole ancient aliens theory. Because when you look at some of the old uh, mythologies from the past, you know, they, they, they tie the stuff together. For example, um, the Zulu tribe of South Africa has an ancient tale that they've handed down where they refer to the moon as an egg. Um, this is because the Zulu people believed that the moon was hollowed out. So they have this legend that says the moon was brought into Earth's orbit ages ago by two extraterrestrials. They had, according to the legend, they had stolen the egg, the moon, from what they call a a great fire dragon and removed the yolk, making it hollow. Hmm. Then they proceeded to move the egg across the heavens to the Earth causing great chaos throughout the planet. Um, This account, of course, is very similar to what the Russian scientists were saying. How could the Zulu people have known, you know, about the moon possibly being hollowed out and dragged across the universe? I mean, I've heard dragged across the universe, sent across the universe, um, sent on the tail of a comet, engines in it, but however you look at it, it was moved, you know, into Earth's orbit from elsewhere. And here are these ancient people. Somebody told them something. Yeah. It's like the Dogon tribe who talked about the binary star system of the Sirius star system. There's no way they would have known. They didn't have telescopes. You can't see the second star with your naked eye. Somebody told them something. That's right. Well, yeah. And they said, I mean, the doggons said that uh, they had been visited by uh, men from the stars. They pointed up, right, when they were asked that question. Yeah, so, you know, the Zulus 
obviously had someone uh, who gave them information too. Very interesting stuff, I thought, you know, and um, people aren't familiar with the story of the spaceship moon. As, uh, some are, some are not, but I, I find that maybe there's something to it. I mean, it really doesn't act like any other moon in our solar system. We, we know that, you know, it's it, it it only faces in one direction, and um, it's too really it's too big to be a moon a real moon. Um, you know, it's just it's really different. So it's almost like a mini planet, isn't it? It's, it's yeah yeah. Or a hollow. That's another thing that they said. These scientists uh, called it a hollowed out planetoid. Interesting. Now tell me, in terms of your opinion about the ancient alien theory. What do you think happened on this planet a long time ago? Wow. Um, I really think that in the beginning of our history, something happened that we haven't pieced together exactly yet, but um, I think that the Earth agent people, the agent, uh, agent aliens researchers, you know, I think that that we're getting there. But I think that... In the beginning of our civilization, I do believe that there were advanced beings that came to the Earth with the intention to help the planet. Um, could they have brought the moon in here for that reason and placed it where they did? Because, you know, without the moon, the Earth would, uh, you know, tilt and maybe rock and roll a little bit. You know, they could have brought that in, but the moon aside... It looks like, if you listen to the ancient tales, advanced beings came to the earth, saw primitive people, and wanted to assist. I, I mean, I have the, the, the stories of the angels that I've read about from ancient times where they came. And they, uh, in, the, in the books of Enoch, it talks about how he had seen angels and they were uh, being taught you know, the flora and the fauna and how they brought this information that they were taught, gave it to us, how to uh, cleanliness, um, how to garden, how to farm, all of the agriculture things. Um, I believe that beings came in with the good intention of trying to help um, primitive mankind along. Um, I believe that along the way they sent envoys to the planet um, you know, through the years to, to help us, you know, Jesus, um, you know, um, and others, and they were killed. I believe that they tried since the beginning, you know, to you know, help us establish ourselves, we, you know, and, and they may have, they removed themselves to a point, I think. We don't, I think they're still around. We don't see them, um, but I think that they're still around. But I do think that we were helped in the beginning. Are you familiar with the theory, Constance, of the late Zechariah Sitchin? Yes, the Sumerians and the Anunnaki. Yeah, that, you know, they came here, they needed workers, they needed to spread uh, gold particles and dust in their atmosphere to preserve it, and they right. de they didn't want to mine it themselves, so they created mankind to do that. What do you think right. of that? It's pretty far-fetched, right. but it's interesting. It, it, it is, it's, yeah, it's interesting, and you know, that is the uh, Sumerian, you know, creation stories. And they, they not only um, created, but I, I believe that they, he said that they tampered. 
you know, with the DNA. And, um, yeah, created the humankind to be a slave race, and then the gods went to war over the humans because some of the gods uh, thought that the, or I should say advanced beings, you know, primitive man called mm-hmm. them gods. They thought they were gods. Um, they went to war because they thought that man should be free. They should be free to make their, we should be free to make, you know, our own choices, to live our own lives, and, and the others were saying no. So there was a, a huge war over that. Do you think um, it's conceivable that mankind may have gotten to the moon with high technology thousands and thousands of years ago, and that, uh, you know, it, it, it just, for some reason, it disappeared, and we lost knowledge of it? Well, you know, George, they have, um, there is a theory that humankind has started over, you know, the civilizations have started over um, more than once due to uh, catastrophes on the planet. Yes. Um, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, I have, a, I have another love. I mean, the moon is one of my loves. Um, Atlantis is another one. And um, so I'm going to just bring Plato in, in here for a second. Um, Plato had said that he received the story of Atlantis from, uh, from an uncle, who, and he had, a, he had an ancestor who had traveled thousands of years before Plato even shared the story of Atlantis. He, he said his ancestor had traveled to Egypt to learn and gain knowledge. And the Egyptian priest told this man, you think you know everything, you, you know, you, uh, you Athenians think you know everything about your history, you don't. They said there had been several disasters, and humankind had come to the brink of destruction. And where they, and a lot of their knowledge in their libraries of the time had been washed away or destroyed. But where they were positioned, they still had a library of, of information. And basically, they, you know, that was my point. Basically, they said, uh, he, he went on to tell uh, this man about Atlantis, this great kingdom that had lived. But my point in telling the story is that way back then, many thousands of years ago, they were saying that humankind had to start over more than one time. So how do we know how advanced those people became before there was a destruction? How, who knows how, how far advanced in you know, technology they were able to, come, to go? Um, there is a tale where, uh, that said that Atlantis, if, if you, you know, whether or not it existed, you know, I mean, there are, there are ancient uh, tales in, in India that talks about humanity having flying vehicles. Well, supposedly the Atlanteans could fly and they could go to the moon. Who's to say that we didn't have that technology thousands and thousands of years ago before we had to start over several times and were able to make it to the moon? That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. That's a, but, and that's a distinct possibility, isn't it? I think it is. And if, if you said uh, we don't remember, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't remember. But, you know, they are uncovering a lot of artifacts um, on Earth that they can't explain some, you know, mechanical devices 
that they can't understand how way back when they could have had it? Well, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think they've uncovered uh, something that looked like a cell phone. It wasn't a cell phone, but, you know, resembled it. They, they You know, it had some sort of weird abilities. I don't know. Um, they've uncovered something that looked like a modern-day watch. Um, hmm. Okay. Little things that they, you know, they're, they're finding. I think eventually we'll get the answers. May, I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime, but, you know, I think it'll come together. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.